Hello and welcome to the Wellness Trinity Podcast, where we interview top holistic experts and bring you natural solutions for modern day wellness. Let's get started with your host, Dr. Jacqueline. Welcome guys. Thank you for joining the Wellness Tree Podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline from thewellnesstrain.com, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Today, we are going to discuss on our women's health series, how trauma, human trafficking, and spiritual health affect a woman's well-being with Annie Lobert. Just a, a little disclaimer before we get started, what we discuss in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you having a hard time conceiving? Are you concerned about raising healthy children? Would you like to age gracefully? These are all concerns that many women have. And in order to have healthy pregnancies and children and age gracefully with youthful skin, vibrant wellness, and incredible joints, we need to thoroughly cleanse the body in this day and age. Because there are more than 85,000 chemicals that are just plaguing the earth. And these chemicals cause a whole slew of problems. And a lot of it is related to the backup in the liver that causes diminished hormone production. Our protocols at the Wellness Trinity systematically removes layers of infections and toxins, thus fully cleansing the body. It gets you back to homeostasis where your body is happiest and healthiest when done correctly. I am happy to be on this protocol and I'm actually waiting to get pregnant because I want myself and my husband to be thoroughly cleansed before I even think of having a baby. And I don't fear growing old and falling apart because I know that if my body is at homeostasis, it's going to be just fine. I was told I look 10 years younger in my new headshot, so this stuff works. Check out the link in the show notes to schedule your free 15-minute consultation to discover if we are a good fit to work together. And if so, I will help you get to the root of your health challenges. So I met Annie Lobert from a church, actually, when I was going to Valley, Valley Bible Fellowship at the time. It's Valley Vegas now in Las Vegas. And um, she had this ministry I was introduced to called Hookers for Jesus. And I used to work in the nightlife. I, I, I wasn't um, in, um, I wasn't human trafficked or anything, but I had this heart for um, people that were because I, I saw it. And so when I found out about her and her ministry, I was very intrigued and I was invited to come along and, and see what was going on and, and engage in some of the activities that she had. So Annie Lobert is uh, a wife, a speaker, author, entrepreneur, thought leader, advocate for the abused, nonprofit founder and CEO, and a survivor of more than a decade of sex trafficking in Hawaii, Minneapolis, and Las Vegas. She is known for being one of the first women to openly speak about her experiences in being sex trafficked and one of the first to start a nonprofit outreach and safe house to help victims of abuse as a survivor leader. You can find her at hookersforjesus.net. Annie, welcome to the show. Oh, it's so excited to be here. Yay, Jacqueline. I feel like we've known each other for like 20 years. I'm sorry? I feel like we've known each other for like 20 years. You know, if there really was something of uh, like past lives, we probably have <laughs> more than that. Because I don't know, I just like we got out of the show and it's like I haven't even talked to you for, I don't know, a decade or so. And it was like we were best friends. <laughs> I've been watching you and what you're doing and I just love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. I think I really feel like you've hit like a really good niche for yourself. And uh, this is what you've always been passionate about, the health and wellness of people and helping others. And I think it's just beautiful what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and likewise, like, like I mentioned, I mean, your, your ministry is just, uh, has always like, no matter where I've gone, I've lived in all these different places afterwards. Uh, I, I always remembered hookers for Jesus. And I was like, one day, one day I'm going to be able to support that ministry. <laughs> how did you remember us? I mean, just, I'm just curious how, how did that happen? Well, okay. So for anyone that's watching, just watch her content. I mean, <laughs> first of all, like, you just have this this personality that is just magnetic you know so it's like how can you not be curious about what you're doing and then you're helping um you're helping people that are in prostitution in las vegas get off the strip and then on top of that i met one of my best friends Lori trotter through you so how can i forget about you you know <laughs> last week yeah 
love her very much. Yeah, she was at my wedding. She did my hair. I mean, she, you know, I've seen her come out of that lifestyle and just make a whole new life for herself. And I know it's not easy. So I know what you do with people. It, it's not easy. It's not easy to be on, you know, one end or the other. I mean, whether you're in that lifestyle or you're on the other side trying to help these women get out. So can you just tell people what um, HFJ or Hookers for Jesus is? So obviously, like, people are wondering, what is that name signifying? Like, Hookers for Jesus. Are you girls still working? Are you guys still selling your bodies? No, we're not. It's based on Matthew 4.19, and some of you don't even know about the Bible, but there's a scripture in there, and Jesus was, he was walking, and he was looking for people that he knew had a heart like him to help other people, so he was walking on the beach, and he approached four different men that were fishermen, and he told them, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people, so instead of looking for fish to eat, you know, fishers of people is very significant because what we're doing is we're looking for ladies that are drowning and it could be uh, boys or men too, as well, that are drowning in the stormy hurricane waters of sex trafficking. And basically our boat, it's called a hooker. And there actually is a boat that's called the hooker in Holland from the 14, 1500s. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? So go in that water and we pull them out and we get them into the boat. We take them to land and we bring them into the destiny house to help them heal and recover and become whole again. So it's very, very important. People understand that name does not mean we're still working. It literally means we're just hooking them up out of the water and taking them to a safe place where they can get stabilized because trauma is real. Complex trauma usually is the result of being sex trafficked and if it's not the result, you will probably have severe trauma regardless, even if it's not complex trauma. So we really need to be aware of trafficking in our own backyards. And by the way, Jacqueline, not just Las Vegas, we help ladies. We have ladies that come from all over the country to Destiny House to get help. Wow. People hear about our program. We get referrals, a lot of referrals, and they love uh, what we do. And so of course the survivor led aspect, and some of you are like, well, what does she mean by survivor led? So that's just a coin term phrase for people that have been through a lot and that have almost died and gotten tortured. Right? So in the realm that I work in the sex trafficking realm, uh, survivor is survivor led is basically this. It's someone that's been trafficked, someone that's been severely abused, that is now a leader and they are creating a movement to help others that were in the same situation they once were. Wow. And so power in that because there's not a college education behind that. Now, some girls that I know of, some people that I know that have done this work have actually went to school, but the majority of my friends are survivor leaders. People that start doing this have had experience. And I believe, and just from my own personal walk, that walking it out, and getting out of it, experiencing it first, obviously, and then becoming a champion leader after you get out of it and teaching others how to get out of it is like the best college education ever. There's nothing better than life experience, you know, yeah. even with what I do. I mean, it's, I, I learned so much just by walking the talk and practicing on myself and, <laughs> and my husband and just, you know, you can't take experience out of uh, your education at all. I mean, that's priceless. And I mean, the testimony that comes with it too, nobody can take your testimony away from you um, right. or these women that are coming out of this. And it's powerful. You, you can't, you can't tell that person like, no, you can't change. <laughs> like, no, actually I did. <laughs> you can change. I don't care if we're in the worst place. I have seen people that I've dealt with in my life and uh, different clients that we've met and there was like no hope for them. Like I seriously, we all looked and said, oh, how this is going to be tough. But there's something that God can do in that person's heart and brain because it's all connected in stomach mm -hmm. and gut, like everything connected mm -hmm. as a whole that God can heal and bring to this place for that person a wholeness that they've never experienced before, even prior to getting trafficked. Wow. Because usually there's a geome behind that. And what I mean by that is there's a history in their life of abuse prior to being sex trafficked. Mm. Usually the, the, the biggest, biggest one, the biggest red flag is sexual abuse. Mm. 
sexual abuse, emotional abuse tied together. And then once they reach this certain age, whether they were trafficked when they were a young girl and exploited or when they become a teenager, now it turns into something so much, much more insidious because they've already had this, this abuse happen earlier in their life. So now they're just set up by the enemy to have some crazy guy or person that's charismatic mm. with a magnetic personality, like you said earlier about me, magnetic personality, just so like a really- In a good way though, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So like where they come in and groom, and, and mm. what I mean by that is prepare. Grooming and preparing, almost the same thing, for mm. them to be exploited by that abuser. And that's what happened to me. And that's why we started Hookers for Jesus. So my whole thing, and I'm just going to do it. And can I do it in five minutes? Is that your, your background? You're talking about? Oh, I was going to actually ask you to expand on that. Yeah. So that's the thing. People are like, well, why would you start this? Well, how long would you traffic for? Okay. So I was one of the originals, like Jacqueline was saying earlier about coming out with my story. There was no one else like me at the time when I first decided to do it. I don't even what prompted me, but I knew that the Holy Spirit and if you're not a believer, that's okay. The Holy Spirit is simply this. It's the spirit of God living inside of us. It's the power. It's the anointing. It's the, it's the charismatic, whatever. <laughs> the way to lead and the, 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 the grace to lead and the favor to lead people out of darkness. So mm. basically, I, as a teenager, just felt so unloved. My dad was very, my, my, da my dad, I, gosh, I, I don't want to flub my words over that, but he is now in heaven. He believed in Jesus. But my daddy was a very broken man. He was an alcoholic when I was growing up. He abused my mother in front of us, my, my two brothers and my sister. And we just lived this really, it was really hard, really hard childhood. And then I got abused by a neighbor uh, between the ages of eight and nine sexually, which that really marked me as well. But the good thing was, here's what was the really awesome thing is when I was a little girl, I went to church, I was five years old. And I remember the first time in my life, I had this glow in the dark cross. I accepted Jesus into my heart. Oh. So I had that foundation at least, right? And then I kind of got closer to Jesus when I was being abused. I went to a parochial school with my brother. We went to a private school in Minneapolis. Yes, I'm from Minneapolis where all the crazy stuff's going on right now. <laughs> that neighborhood actually was with the neighborhood I grew up in. Where wow. all that I went to Powderhorn Park. I lived three or four blocks from Snelling Avenue and Lake Street where the target is. Wow. I mean, I grew up in that neighborhood, rode my bike. I mean, you guys, this was a beautiful neighborhood at one point. So anyway, all that to say, I, I grew up and I just really felt unloved. I felt really super insecure. I felt like I was out of this world. Like I was not belonging in this family that I was in. I was hopefully wishing I was adopted. I had all these weird thoughts in the back of my head, but what ended up happening is I got in high school, had a guy that uh, I fell in love with that I gave my virginity to, and he broke my heart. And I left high school so vendettive in my heart towards guys and men in general, because I really believed that I needed to get revenge. I was, mm. I was a broken person, you know, and I was just, my self-worth was like this. See, a normal child should have really good self-worth with it, with the proper parenting for the mother and father, that, that, that structured family. Right. Mm -hmm. But my family was like not structured. It was crumbled. Even though my dad was there, he wasn't really my father. Like he, he worked a lot and then he just never was there emotionally mentally and even like physically like we didn't really hug and our family was just it's really awkward in that way my mom was the opposite she loved on us and i think my mom basically was used by god to help save all of our lives in our family i'm serious like wow. she poured into me and loved on me and she's still alive today so i have a lot of honor for my mother she's just full of grace and love and acceptance and unconditional mm -hmm. whatever right so my my whole like thought process was like i'm gonna get a job i'm gonna go to college and then I ended up going out to the clubs. I had three jobs at the time. I met two pimps, didn't know they were pimps, me and my girlfriend. I went to Hawaii, got turned out. And what I mean by that is I learned how to sell myself. I came back to Minnesota. I did not have a trafficker. And I quit all three of my jobs, still a teenager, and started selling myself at the escort services in Minnesota. Yes, there's escort services in Minnesota. And then I almost got killed twice with a machete and a shotgun. So I decided I'm going to be a stripper. <laughs> That's, you know, less risky. Well, I don't know about that. So one day I'm working at the Skyway Lounge, which is on Hennepin Avenue. And I believe it's called the Spearmint Rhino now. And this guy walked in and I didn't know he was a trafficker and I had no idea. I had no idea he was a camp. I had no idea he was a drug dealer. So I started seeing this guy and long story short, came to Las Vegas, 
and my life got turned upside down. The first night that I worked, he started pimping me, taking all my money and beat me to a pulp. And yeah, you know what? Actually, I wrote a book about it. So hold on a second. If you guys want better details, I forgot to share this earlier, but this is my life story, Fallon, out of the sex industry and into the arms of Savior. That was my working name, Fallon. So pretty good wow. to know. The rest of that is in here. Wow, your name was Fallon, which is like falling. Like yeah. you're, you're falling from grace. You're falling from God's love. And, and, I, and I feel like even though I knew that God was real back then, that I felt like God must have hated me. So my epiphany came on August 2nd, 2003, where I literally overdosed and just fell to my knees. And this was after so many more abuses. I mean, I got kidnapped. I had all my hair cut off, brought to a pimp's lair of six different pimps. I had a bunch of ladies that were still in the game, you know, watching me from a balcony and they all were crying because they couldn't believe that. See what they do, the traffickers, they make an example out of you. So I got kidnapped because I left my trafficker and I was made an example to never leave your trafficker to the other girls. Now, again, Jacqueline, remember, we had no social media back then. Mm -hmm. We had no way to communicate. Now, back then, the cell phones were about this big. Oh, wow. There was no, no way to text someone or do GPS and find out where you were. Mm -hmm. This was completely underground criminal behavior. Wow. Down buried in the yellow pages, you can get a girl. After Dark Magazine, you can get a girl or they advertise it in the paper, the regular newspaper. That's how girls were being ordered back then. There was no wow. internet ads. <laughs> like the, it, the computer couldn't handle the web because the web wasn't, wasn't created yet. The web did not officially get, I believe, created until 1993, I think, or 92 with AOL. And that was even very sketch. You couldn't even really use the internet for that, you know, for as far as escorting. So I came from like an ancient time in our history with the online communities, there were none. So for my support system, when I left my traffickers, I had two traffickers, by the way, for 10 years, none. There was nothing. There was no services there. You know, I'm thankful for the vice, the vice that I was dealing with. There was a couple mean vice, but the vice police, I had a couple vice that were very concerned about my life and they would call me and they would say, are you okay? You know, are you staying away from your trafficker? And back then we didn't use the word trafficker. They called it pimp. So I am just so thankful I'm here. Like, right. I mean, I just, I'm blown away just here. I mean, I know I've heard parts of this story, but I mean, and it doesn't matter how many times you hear something like this. I mean, it's just incredible that you are, that you're alive. How did you go through that? And you know, only God, only God could, could have you meander that whole path and still be here right now. And you don't even look like you've been touched. The, the grace of God is amazing. So it's really funny because I used to hate my name. My name's Annie, right? But Annie means grace. Hannah in the Bible is grace. And so when I look at that, I realized the Lord, my mom and dad actually changed my name. My original name was Catherine Lynn. I'm a certificate. Sounds crazy. Which Catherine means virginal. Uh, and holy. Lynn means cascading waterfall. So at three months when my great auntie died, they named me after, the, after her favorite song. The song was called Annie Laurie. And the song is about a girl that would jump from guy to guy to guy. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they named you after that. It's a Scottish song. It's a beautiful song. It's old. I think uh -huh. it's from the 1800s, early 1900s. But all that to say, there was a plan behind that name because Annie means grace. Now, mm -hmm. glory means crown of glory. So come on, somebody. I'm grace with the crown of glory. Love it. Um, I really do. I have this really cool name book. Now, I'm going to send your name, meaning, and your scripture that goes with it, Jacqueline. Oh, remind me later in an email. Oh, it's yes, please. Book. It's called The Name Book. And I can't remember the author, but it is incredible. It's prophetic. It's like to just know exactly when someone says your name, what they're actually calling you. So when you say Annie, mm. you're saying, hey, Grace. Mm. Hey, woman of God, full of favor, Grace Annie. So 
Well, that ties in perfectly to what I just said. God, God's grace just had you meandering and kept you safe. I mean, it's just crazy hearing all that. So, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin, how to unpack all this. How long did you do this for? I worked in the industry. I literally started 1987 and I got out the first time officially in 1998 out of the escorting, but then I started working for uh, one of the clients that took me out of it. It's called a trick in the game. Okay. I felt it sounds crazy. We fell in love. I was with him for about seven years and he taught me how to run an automotive shop. We had like three or four different automotive shops, but I got back into being traffic, except this time I was trafficking myself. I know that people will say, well, you can't say that. Yes, I can. I got hooked on cocaine really, really, really bad in painkillers mm. in, in 2000, 2001, 2002. And that's when I overdosed in 2003. So I got back into selling myself again later. Wow. And so, yeah, and now I'm free from everything. And you know, want to know something what's really insane is, is people always ask, well, like you said earlier, how did, how did, what is Hookers for Jesus? How did you start it? So no, it didn't start way back then, but yeah. about a couple years after I overdosed in 2003, I had a dream of Jesus in 2004, 2005. Hmm. That was Oh my gosh. It changed my life. Like it, it, he told me to go down on the strip basically and tell the women that he loved them and oh. that they don't have to be enslaved anymore. He said the women in slavery. And I never, even back then when I had that dream, I never thought about it as slavery because there was really no words for it back then. Yeah. And, and so that was like very prophetic to me. To, to understand that Jesus was like speaking to me about my future. And then of wow. course it turned into, I, I started passing out my card. It was just my number on there. Call me if you need help. And I would take girls to, let's say the welfare office. I would take them to get food. I would take them grocery shopping. I would buy diapers for their children. I would, you know, if they needed a ride and they needed to escape, I know this sounds crazy. I don't recommend anyone do this, but I would cold pick them up from their, lair that the pimp had them at and i would just escape them out of that situation Gosh. oh i've had people chase us down trust me i know what that what that's like and i used to you know of course i was packing a gun but the the problem is is that that is something that you know usually somebody in law enforcement should be doing yeah now i'm not gonna lie I've, that i haven't done it recently i'm not gonna say i haven't but uh you well, know i recommend it practice I remember going to one of your trainings that you have um, where you, you train other people to go on the strip and, and help these women to, to get out. And it was very structured. I mean, you have people praying at the church. You have people that are watching the people that are, are approaching the, um, these women. And, and it, it wasn't like a little operation. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm actually revamping that training. And I'm going to be offering that online for people oh. to join in their cities as well. So that's coming soon, but <gasps> that's amazing. I, I love doing outreach. I, that, that's what started everything in this agency that we have, cause we have a nonprofit now. So it literally started with that, just that organic grassroots. Hey girl, how are you doing? I understand how you're feeling. I used to be right where you were and Hey, there's hope for you. You can get out of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, girl, you've been in it 10 years now. Isn't it time you get out of this? Like you're addicted right now. You're not happy. The money that you're making, it's not going anywhere, to, but your bad habits or you're, you're, you're surrendering it to your trafficker. I think it's time for you to get out of this business. Like mm -hmm. honestly, I hate to call it a business, Jack. And I hate that word because it's not a business to me. It's slavery. Yeah. Like, get out of slavery. Thanks. Come on with me. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. And then it ended up being where I could not, oh my gosh, it got so frustrating. I was taking ladies out of these horrendous abusive situations and I had nowhere to put them. So I brought them to my house, let them sleep on my couch. Another, another, another move that was very unethical, but at the time there was no help for these women. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I did was like, that was a good thing for the mm -hmm. time that I was doing because I didn't realize the dangers. I guess I did, but I, I calculated it and took the risk anyway. Mm -hmm. And I realized the pimp could show up at my house and put a gun to my head. Yeah. That's happened to me before, but I knew that I had to create something. And so the first destiny house was in 2007 
And that was, I lived there for almost a year. Wow. I got married in 2009. So uh, <laughs> that was uh, pretty crazy. There was at one point, there were eight people on our house when I was living there, including wow. And, uh, and then the house that we have now, we got this particular property. We've had this property since 2013. We actually got gifted this property. It's on a couple acres. It's gorgeous. I don't know if you've ever been to the house, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. So next time you come to Vegas, you got to come out and see it. Well, oh, I'm going to be there in August. <laughs> so no, I'd like to give you a tour. It, oh my God. I would love to. Bro, you're just going to, I'm telling you 200 palm trees oh on the property. We've got a pool. I, it's just beautiful beautiful and and we've got another house on the property that we use for our, office, our offices and so the ladies uh they come and they get a whole customized care they can stay there for up to two years we've had um, girls stay longer than a year and a half but uh, i'm telling you before they leave they will be gainfully employed they'll have vocational training under their belt they'll have their ged needed you know, even a possible college education. We've got scholarships. It's amazing what God is doing. Yeah. First and foremost, no matter what, the first half year that they come into the program is intensive stabilization mm. of their complex trauma. Yeah. So do you want to describe a little bit what that looks like? So some people don't know some, oh, trauma. Oh yeah, that's a common word. Yeah, trauma in the hospital, absolutely. Trauma unit, that's for high cases that emergency, get to that person right now, right? It's like, you need to help that person. They've been hurt physically. But trauma in the brain's completely different. Uh, it's, it's connected everywhere in your body. When you get hurt, mm -hmm. like when you get hurt emotionally, physically, mentally, it, it becomes a, like this entire package. So there's regular trauma, like let's say PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we all hear about that with the war veterans. We know that that happens if you uh, go to war and you experience death and you see death, right? All you're hearing is gunshots. All you're seeing is explosions. You can develop PTSD and that's pretty serious, right? But also there's another kind of PTSD you can develop from war and it could be called complex trauma, which that happens when you are in a place that you cannot escape. You're in danger 24 seven, you're imprisoned and you can't leave. Hmm. funny thing watch this children can actually experience complex trauma if they're raised in an abusive family hmm. brain now forms in this weird way that is not normal you literally can't even really learn because you're always on heightened alert you're in fight you're in um fight flight freeze or fawning so those are symptoms that happen with ptsd and complex trauma Either you fight it and you, you try to get away and you, you hit people and you, you are really obstinate or you're basically, you freeze and you don't move and you don't say anything because you're scared to death, right? Mm -hmm. um, you flight, you, you take off, you run away, you hide under a bed, you just escape the conversation, you escape the situation. Or fawning is, here's what's really tricky, and this is what I did with my trafficker. Fawning is when you stay, and you act like it's okay. And your trafficker or your abuser, they ask you, are you doing good? Are you gonna do what I say? You're like, yeah, I'm gonna do what you say because I love you. So you're just play acting to get by. Mm. You're accepting your situation because it is what it is. And basically that's another thing called the Stockholm syndrome. So that's funny. It's mm. where you stay and you make the best of what your situation actually is. Mm -hmm. So I wanna break down the trauma piece because that trauma, and then complex trauma. Trauma comes with, yeah, PTSD. Trauma could be a, a single incident. It could be a car accident. It could be a death in your family. It could be a hurricane that you experience, a tornado, a bad storm. It could be a, a divorce, a, 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 law, a lawsuit judgment against you. You get thrown in jail. You could be totally traumatized by that. Absolutely. But then complex trauma forms when you're in a constant dangerous situation and there's no escape of that, getting out of it. And that those are many situations, right? Mm -hmm. We can we could say child abuse is very traumatic and it could produce complex trauma. So what is complex trauma? Complex trauma has subsets of so many different other things. So it's anxiety attacks, mm -hmm. it's eating disorders and anorexia nervosa, bulimia, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, all kinds of mental disorders like deep depression. You can't get out of bed in the morning, right? 
It's agoraphobia, which is you don't want to be around people. Mm. It's paranoia. You're like, you think everyone's out to get you. You don't want to be around mm. people. It's, uh, you know, hypervigilance where you, you think any, any second now something's going to happen. And so you're always like looking in the future, look, watching people saying, oh, he's about to attack me. She's about to attack me. I better get, take preparation or preparations or whatever. And you know, there's so many more things. We could talk about this for hours, by the way, Jacqueline, because this is a heavy topic, right? Yeah. Trauma is, is all the subsets of complex trauma are, people say, oh, well, you have bipolar. That's a subset of complex trauma. Does she really have bipolar? Does he really have bipolar? Or is it he has, she has complex trauma? And like you said earlier about the root, getting to the root of that problem, if you get to the root of why they have this symptom, mm-hmm. You can't treat that symptom until you know where that came from. Right. Get to that root of that first initial abuse, unwrap that first, obviously get stabilized. When you go to trauma counseling, whatever you're doing to get better, get that unwrapped and make sure you're ready for that and make sure you can actually deal with your triggers first before you go to the bottom of that root. Because if you can at least uh, manage your triggers and, and when you get like a trigger, and what I mean by that is people are like, what's a trigger? It's when you get activated in your brain, your heart, your heart starts racing. When you get uh, reminded of something and you get a physical reaction and you can't control the way you act. Oh, oh it causes anxiety attacks. Yeah. It causes anger outbursts. Uh, another subset of a complex trauma. Hey, <laughs> so girl, I probably should have went to school for this. And I probably should. I think you should just get uh, like Joyce Meyer, you know, she got a, a doctorate from her work. I mean, I think you just, you, you deserve one, <laughs> an honorary doctorate. That's what it is. Not it, but I deal with it every single day at the Destiny House with our young clients that we work with. Because we have a very great uh, age difference from 18 yeah. to 50 that we work with at the Destiny House. And we welcome all, we try to welcome all ages, as long as we have the care to take care of each, each young precious client that we have so how many people do you have there i'm like i'm so like because guess what here's the best part about this all that i'm talking about and what we're discussing right now we can heal you can heal i'm a living example i didn't realize it jacqueline until i started studying complex trauma years ago that i actually had it too i was like what i oh my gosh i've had complex trauma since i was a little girl this is so amazing. That means I can be my own case study. <laughs> it's like how I talk about all the parasites that I pass. <laughs> it's like, I understand. <laughs> and you know, you've experienced yeah. it. And you know how to cleanse your body mm-hmm. and you know how to make yourself well because you have done it yourself. Right. And I'm still learning, by the way, this is a process. Right. And I'm going to tell you something every single day, a step forward is a step closer. Yeah. And I say to Jesus on this part, because it says in the, in, in the Bible that until the perfect comes, when the perfect comes, we will see everything clearly, right? Mm-hmm. When, and the perfect is Jesus. So when I say to people, I'm heal, hold, and ready to help other people, like Joyce Meyer says, mm-hmm. I am. But when I get to heaven, Jesus is going to complete everything in me, mm-hmm. full completion. So, but I just love what I do. And am I perfect? Absolutely not. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. But at the same time, I learn every single time. Yeah. Well, you're definitely like their doctor and they're so blessed to have you. I mean, I know, I mean, you summed all that up in what, 20 minutes, but I know what you went through to get where you're at today was not easy. You know, from the little that I've heard from behind the scenes. And and Oh my gosh, girl, in panic attacks. I was talking about this the other day. I remember being, my doctor prescribed me Xanax and I was having these awful, like literally I went to the hospital seven times and I didn't know what it was. And what I didn't realize was it was my complex trauma catching up with me. I had come to this place where I could just be stable. And it took years for that, by the way. And I started having panic attacks. Wow. I was like, where are these coming from? What is a panic attack? People, I used to think people, you're crazy. You're just super, super like paranoid and, and like, you're just super sensitive. No, 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 no. It was a physical reaction. Right. Yeah. And what was crazy is nothing needed to trigger me. Jacqueline, do you hear that? Wow. Nothing needed to trigger me. I would just be driving my car and all of a sudden my body would say, you're going to die. My brain would say, you're about to die. You better pull over. Wow. You can't drive. And I would go like blind. Like I would see black, pull over, and I'd be like, <gasps> what's going on? Oh my God, I'm going to die. And 
would go to the hospital. And that's when they prescribed me Xanax. Wow. Off Xanax, by the way. Been off of it since the very beginning. But I had to wean off that stuff. That stuff is wicked. It is yeah. not the answer. It got me through, but it's not the answer. Yeah. It is not the answer for a panic attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's so, like, I've been studying mental health, too, with everything that I do. And there's so many things that we can do that support our neurotransmitters, for example. I mean, I, I started digging into this because I started seeing all the mental health challenges and suicides. Like I had a family member kill themselves. I had a friend's boyfriend kill themselves. And it's like, what the heck is going on? This is not okay. And then just seeing all the other stuff that was going on with anxiety, depression, et cetera. And then I found this book, The Mood Cure. And it just like, I have it here somewhere. It's a, Let me look at that. There's another really good book that I love. Yeah, so. But yeah, The Mood Cure. You know what? It, it, I think that our body it is so sensitive more than we realize that it takes these signals of our surroundings and our thought processes and, and it just, it, it collides them with our entire body temperature and our reaction. And we don't even know that we could be going into a depressive mood or an anxiety attack or any other reaction to our life. We kind of just kind of like go into it. It's like a, a phase or something. And by the time we're there, it's too late. Like, like you said about your ex, like, well, I don't want to say ex, but your, your former boyfriend, you said he committed suicide. No, my, um, my friend's, uh, former boyfriend. So, so when you, now I'm not going to lie. Have you ever had a suicidal thought ever in your life? Mm, no, I haven't had suicidal, but around my period, I would get depressed and stuff. I mean, I've, I've been there where I've been, had extreme emotions. Uh, so this is part of the reason why it intrigued me to study this as well. My family's off the hook and myself as well. I so. mean, because you know, I've had those thoughts and I think they came and they, they haven't came recently, but they came when I was really deeply in my drug addiction because mm. see, the, the mind is very powerful. When you're on drugs, your, your brain's like this up, down, up, down, up, down, because it doesn't have enough dope, dope means. Then all of a sudden you get the dopamines and you're like, yay, I hope yeah, I feel normal. Actually, when I was addicted to drugs, I just wanted to feel normal. It was never about getting high. Yeah. It was about disappearing, trying to get rid of the bad feelings and right. all the trauma that I experienced and, and the, the physical abuse and mental and emotional right. from my traffickers and my, of course, my family upbringing. But then, you know, honestly, when I actually started having these symptoms, it was, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I was talking about, what was I talking about, Jacqueline? Uh, the um, dopamine and the drugs. All right. Okay, so the up and down. So when, you, when you're in that lower level, when you've just came out of that, having, getting those pills or doing the cocaine, whatever you're doing on drugs or maybe drinking, you're at this very, very low part in your brain where your brain is just completely carnal. And it's like this, it's like this reptilian reaction where you're just uh, automatic kill yourself. The voice comes in your head. You should just kill yourself. I mean, there's hope for you. And it's like, shut up devil. Because I do know that part of this is demonic. And I know people don't want to hear that right now. Well, then it's just physical. No, it's not just physical. Oh no, go there. Go there. Explain that. Give When we do psychotropics and illegal drugs. Okay. And, and again, to get stabilized, everyone out there listening, if that's what you've been prescribed, get stabilized first. Get the therapy that you need, okay? I'm not a doctor to tell you what to do with your life. However, staying on them for the rest of your life, some of you might have to because your chemical problem in your brain. But for those of you that actually get them and your doctor keeps giving them to you over and over and over and over, now your brain just is all over the place. It actually has this entryway where the spiritual part gets really convoluted and mixed and Hey, those voices in your head, how do you know if that's really you talking to yourself? Is it demonic? Mm -hmm. Is it yeah. demonic? Is there a demon? Because guess what? Okay. One third of those angels that were turned into demons were released to the principalities in the air when Satan got thrown from heaven. Okay. Mm. Let's get deep here now. Mm -hmm. They're in the air and they can influence and they can mm -hmm. come whisper. I'm not trying to freak anybody out here. Okay. Because Jacqueline and I are both, we're both spiritual women, okay? We believe in God, okay? We believe in Jesus. So this is part of the healing process. You can't have that spiritual part and miss that part. Right. 
because Jesus, if it wasn't for Jesus, girl, let me tell you, I would not be here. Mm -hmm. of course, you know, gave my life to Christ. I literally had to rebuke hundreds of different demons mm -hmm. and girl, they had to leave. Once I said his name, I was like, uh, fear go in the name of Jesus. Oh, doubt go in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. oh, death, go in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. So that really helps to speak to that, uh, that negative voice in your head. If it is a demon or yourself, because sometimes mm -hmm. that's what I'm keep it real. Sometimes we attack ourselves. We're like, I hate you. I hate you too. But if you speak life, you speak right. the word of that thing, that thing has to flee. Mm -hmm. The blood that's all i'm gonna say well then that that's an important point people need to know how to first of all how to identify different roots so that's why i bring a whole variety of different people on this show because i want people to see that the root could be different things and it your spiritual problem might be a spiritual problem you know or your physical problem might be a spiritual problem your emotional problem might be a spiritual problem but your your physical problem could be a I mean, it could go anyway, is what I'm trying to say. Totally. So watch this. Teacher, mm -hmm. I have, I have a, something to say, teacher. No. <laughs> go ahead. So for me, when I overdosed that day, like literally, like I was delivered from addictions. Wow. Like delivered. And how do you explain that? Why didn't I get put on a bunch of psychotropics? Yeah. So to me, that was a spiritual, that was a spiritual miracle and a physical miracle for me. Wow. Yeah. I just, and I said, God, that's it. Did I, did I have cravings? Actually, I didn't. Dude, I can't wow. explain what happened that night. I'm going to tell you what I was on cigarettes, alcohol, which alcohol really hasn't ever been like a thing for me. Cause I, I, I pills and cocaine were my thing. Narcotics were my thing. Mm -hmm. It was literally like my body said no more. My brain said no more. My heart said no way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was released. Wow. It was a miracle. It was a complete, utter miracle. And I, I'll tell you what, man, late, waking up in that hospital, realizing that I had made it and that I was alive was the most incredible experience I had ever had. And wow. then excessively after that, getting to know the heart of God for me oh. and reading my Bible, girl, that thing set me free. Yeah. Free. I was in Mark yesterday. Oh, I love it. I love the gospels, by the way. I try to stay in the gospels. I try to read the gospels every day. Uh, one of them anyway, because there's four. We love it. Right. But mm -hmm. then I, I go in the, o I'm in, the, in OT right now. I'm in Daniel. Mm -hmm. What an appropriate time for Daniel. I am not going to bow to anybody just because you say I have to, I don't got to bow to your cause. I don't got to bow to anybody's cause right now. <laughs> I'm out of the king, baby girl. Okay. <laughs> Girl, you are all about the king and he just shines right through you. That's that's the magnetic part of you. Let's let's tie it into all that because we we almost made magnetism sound like a scary thing earlier. But I mean you're magnetic because you have the, the Lord in you. And I you mean, shine so bright. Or good. Yeah. You can use them like you said in both ways they can be used. You can use your charisma for good or evil. You can use your sales pitch for good or evil. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can use your healing skills for good or evil. Mm -hmm. to take advantage of someone and manipulate them. That's just another word for a witch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're right. good. Oh, I'm a bad witch. You know, like, you're <laughs> a bad witch. Witch, okay. <laughs> but so for me personally, when we use our, our strengths and our gifts from God for a righteous cause, it, he just blesses it tenfold. And I really think too, Jacqueline, for you with your business, I think that's why he's blessing you. And I'm mm. really happy that you're getting momentum now. Mm, thank you. Yeah, you saw me when I was like, I think you called me like a like a wet dog or something when I met you. <laughs> that's what you, you gave me this analogy. You're like, I saw you like this like wet, like, I don't know exactly, reminded me of a wet dog. Well, no, because you, you were, you were like super excited about everything and you were like all over the place. And, and I know that feels like so long ago, but you were so with the good thing about you, Jacqueline, and, and I've seen you grow and I know I've grown too, because we all do as we get older, that you've just turned into this and not that you weren't before you were already a beautiful woman of God, but you've turned into this solid, righteous, just full woman of God. Does that make sense? And oh, well, I needed a lot of healing when I met you. So we, we can, we can say that. <laughs> and, me yeah. too. and when you met me, I still, and you know, till I die, just like you, 
till I die, till you die, more healing. And I say, to, I say to God, bring it on, bring it on. Show me where else I'm missing it. Teach me, you know, guide me so I can become more whole. The, the, right. the, I want to be a gray haired woman. Actually, I won't be gray haired probably because I'm probably going to color my hair, but I'm going to be a pink. <laughs> yeah. I'm 52 now. So I'm already half a century old, but I look forward to my older years as a woman of God, because I'll have that much more wisdom and experience to share with young, younger ladies like you and whoever else, because that's my heart. I want to pour into other people, my experience. And I never want to say I've arrived and I never want to say I know everything because I don't, mm -hmm. I yeah. don't, and I could be wrong on some things as well. So just like Jacqueline said on this, this, uh, show right now that, Hey, that we're not doctors. I mean, we're not like giving you a prescription right now. Think about it, pray about it, take it in, contemplate it, apply it, see if it works. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I think that we could sum this up and you can let me know how you want to sum it up, but it, it you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. And if, if oh. that name, if that spirit can, can shift a life like yours so radically to do what you're doing now, you know what I mean? Just to know what you came from, to know what you're doing and how you're helping people. And then, and, and who knows even the butterfly effect that that's happening with other people, but for their lives being changed, you know? Okay. So, you know, I, I saw you like just now when you were talking and like you were on a mountain and you had like this beautiful rainbow over you. And there was this big storm that cleared and God was shining his, it was like a sun shower, right? Mm. But you were dry and he was shining the light on you and people were coming to you to be part of that light with you. Mm. So I feel like that, that, that rainbow signifies the promises of God in your life and what he's doing and what he's about to do. And he, he is highlighting you. He's highlighting you right now. So get ready. Get ready, because God's doing something, Jacqueline. I see that. I think that the power of his love and the power of Jesus over your life and even over my life is what's really given anyone favor. Like, I don't understand why people even know who I am, actually. I don't get it, but I do get that I've been obedient. And if we're obedient, mm. blessings come. Okay. But it rains on the just and the unjust, but more so when God's using you as his mouthpiece, as his trophy, you know, to show what can be done in a soul that's completely broken and about mm. to, that he can restore and he can use it as, as a masterpiece to show others, Hey, if you think you're that bad off, look at this person, look what I did with that person's life. So if that, if that's the only reason why I'm here to, to, to just brag on what he's done, Hey, more power to it. It's never been in my own power anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm just some chick. Okay. I'm just some <laughs> crazy, you know, and all over the place. And that's, you know, if, if I just live my life like that, whatever, but then my life wouldn't have meaning. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for God. Mm. He totally saved me. It really, it really is the truth. Like I can't, I don't know who's watching this right now, but you feel like maybe you feel like you've never, you could never amount to anything and you feel like you don't measure up. Well, that's a lie from the enemy that your abuse that now you are part of the abuse that was done to you. That's who you are. No, no, that's not true. You are not what's happened to you. You are a child of God. God has a big plan for your life, an adventure that you can't even fathom. And if you just open your eyes and ask him to show you, he's going to show you and you'll see it. Mm. Right? It is an adventure. <laughs> it, it definitely is an adventure. That's a great way to sum that up. Yeah. And so, you know, I love it. We have Hookers for Jesus now and Destiny House. And I just, you know, it's a nonprofit. I've been doing this work for about 15 years now. And I just am so blessed. And I look forward to another 15, 20, 30 years of doing this work. I, actually, I probably won't retire, Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. And uh, I've got a cute little show called Annie's Pink Chair now. And I'm super mm. excited about that. And I want you to come on too, by the way. I'd love to oh. have you. Do you do it live? Yes. We usually do it live in the studio. Okay. Maybe when I'm there in August, we, if I can I plan a time that might work. Really awesome. But I, I love to have people sit in the pink chair and, and maybe I might start doing zooms as well, but the pink chairs, they're velvet. 
I have a pink chair, but it's not quite probably the pink you're using. <laughs> probably a little different. But <laughs> I was offered that by a very um, a wonderful woman of God named Carol, uh, Carol and Scott Whitney. And they saw me speak at an event and they were just blown away. And they said, we would love for you to have your own show on our network. And I was like, what? Oh and then that happened. I did not pursue it. See, when you're doing God's work, when you're doing God's will, it will chase you down. Mm -hmm. Opportunities will come after you. So yeah, I agree. I don't really go for it. Usually things just happen mm -hmm. and I get approached and then all of a sudden the door opens and I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk through this door. Now I, I, I wonder if I would go after something, what would happen? I thought about <laughs> what if I chase something that I wanted? Now I do do this with our ministry. Like I chase wanting to help the women. I chase wanting to put them in a safe place, get them stabilized at destiny house. So if anything, that's what I have chased. Just trying to serve that mm -hmm. power. Well, I mean, that was obviously something God put in your heart that he wanted you to. I, I think there's a, there's a balance. It's like Ecclesiastes. There's a time for this and there's a time for that. And there's probably a time to chase after your dream and, and how you want to help people and serve God. Right. So I, I uh, want to be mindful of your time. I know you're a busy lady and it's been such a pleasure bringing you on the show. And I think that we could definitely do this like all day probably, but <laughs> we will meet again and we were, we'll have some more conversations. I want to get hooked up and, and I have a couple ideas uh, I want to share with you too. So you have your book. Can you show it again? Yes. And it's also in, in audio form too. You can get it on Amazon or go to our website, hookersforjesus.net. Okay. So I will put those, uh, the book and your website and then your show. I'll put that all in the show notes and then your, your LinkedIn. I mean, your LinkedIn, your uh, Instagram. Yeah. We just, we just, uh, I, I'm not supposed to say that yet but there's a podcast coming too. It's there, but well, look at that. <laughs> You're all over the map, but you got this. You have, you have Jesus on your side. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Jacqueline. So yeah. Much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're such a blessing to the world, Annie. You, you too. Talk all right. And uh, thank you listeners for watching. I'm sure you can watch this over and over again and get so much from that, especially if you've, you've been through a situation that Annie helps. So I, uh, I pray that you're blessed. I pray that you have gained some, some wisdom with that and that you just know there's power in the name of Jesus. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Trinity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more wellness tips to help you achieve optimal health. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.